so shortly. In fact, I'm already here. Welcome. Guys, welcome. Welcome. This is a big one. Hope everyone's excited. The Magic Wizard Sales Method. Hands up for people who have already done the course in the Academy for the Magic Wizard Sales Method. Hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 50. All right, cool. Awesome, guys. Super excited to have you all here. And uh, if you haven't seen a Magic Wizard Sales Method, that's okay, because I'm gonna cover a bunch of stuff today. And you can go back and check that out as well. But if you're wondering why it's called the Magic Wizard Sales Method, it's because that's just what I came up with when I created that course. I hadn't actually named it before. So, hope you're all excited. Before we start, what I'm gonna do is jump in and if you haven't been to a mastermind session before, what we usually do right at the start of the session is jump in, we have a quick chat to three of you guys and we talk about your number one challenge at the moment and we like to get to know uh, the people that are a part of this mastermind and really appreciate you being here with us uh, live today and really appreciate you being a part of the academy. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here and I hope you get a lot out of today and all of the other sessions that we do. So what I'm gonna do, if anyone wants to volunteer by putting your hands up and talk about your number one challenge at the moment, I'd love to have a quick chat to you and see if I can help out with a quick uh, suggestion on where you're at with things. If you don't have your hands up, I'm gonna pick someone at random, so beware. Beware, you can still be chosen by not putting your hand up. So what if I choose you anyway? Yes, Cameron, how's it going, man? Yeah, good. Oh, I've just lost you. Hold on a second. There you are. How's it going? Cool. How's things? How's business? situation so are you a sole trader yeah so there's me and then i also have an apprentice as well yep okay cool we run solo by side and yeah pull into start business whenever i need to yep so yeah. what year is he in currently that's first year first year okay cool all right so it would be great to start with the tradesman obviously because the cost is the first thing so i'm going to jump in just say a couple of things first of all yeah. It's great to start with a tradesman over an apprentice just because it does increase your capacity right from the start. Uh, what a lot of people don't realise, even though you're paying them a little bit of money, it does affect your productivity on site and, it, and you do have to put in the effort with them. Uh, the end result, if over four years, which is a hell of a long time, you can have someone that's a superstar, which is great. 
And I, you know, I, I think apprentices are important and you need them there, especially with your big team. But with all of my tradesmen, we have one apprentice and he sort of goes around with all the different people because we're able to run. Obviously, different businesses have different requirements and you know, you just got to ask yourself, is this, is the apprentice necessary for me to move forward? If not, tradesmen might be the way to go. And then you look at hiring an apprentice after that first tradesman. But since you've already got an apprentice, what we want to be talking about is, can you afford it for one? So we want to make sure that your profit and loss is up to date and we want to make sure you're making enough to cover this tradesman before we go and hire them. Because a lot of mistakes that I see is someone goes and hires a tradesman, they can't really afford them. And what they don't understand is they're about to hit, get hit with a new tax bill, which is a pay-as-you-go tax withholdings tax, and that slams you about four months later. So that's when you're like, oh, I don't have any money to pay this bass, and that's quite a big thing. So you're withholding all this money from what you're paying them, and you end up with having to pay them quite a lot of money in taxes when that comes around. So we just want to make sure we're, we're getting enough. So hopefully if you... Uh, Working as hard as you are, man, I hope that you're charging enough. So yeah. we just want to make sure that your net profit, when you've done all of your calculations, like two sessions ago, we went through and talked about the P&L. Remember that? The director's mindset yeah, one? That's all sorted. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I've got that in. Cool, man. So as long as you've factored in your vehicle cost to get a new vehicle and how to buy a van, we've talked about in previous sessions where you don't have to put any cash up front. Um, yeah. when the, the other thing is the wages that you're going to have to pay them take into account super as well so add that on top and then just add an extra 10% just to be sure and then you want to, and then you want to be um, making sure that over 4.3 weeks because you've got a 4 week pay month and a 5 week pay month uh, every 3 months so make sure 4.3 months you're, you can hit that consistently and then if you're in that situation, man, then you're going to be able to put that person on and f fully free yourself from having to work at all. And then yeah. you can put your effort into this magic wizard sales method and start getting some more clients and start getting yourself busy again before you put on another tradesman again. So with this discussion... Mm -hmm. um, yeah. that's, that's the plan. That's the plan? Cool, man. The signal's a bit choppy there, but I'm yeah. sort of picking up what you're saying. <laughs> Just one other thing on hiring, man. So a couple of questions when you do talk to this guy. I want you to really understand this is the right person. A lot of people go into the hiring people and they'll say, so you know how to fault find? Yeah? You know how to install X, Y, and Z? Yeah? Oh, cool. Yeah, you do. So what are they going to say? They're always just going to be like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. So the questions we want to ask are open-ended question where they have to actually answer the question. So questions like, hey, you walk into a house, you've lost half the power to your lights and power. What is the procedure you would go through? What is the process that you would go through to find the fault? And what could it be? What's some examples of what it could be? And then you listen to how they approach it, what sort of meters they're using, how they go in, how they, who they talk to. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. You already have an understanding of all that, which is good. I know what his skill set like, so cool. I've, yeah, so I've been Yep. So, man, if you've got your, your net profit sorted, go ahead and do it, man. It's going to free you up a heap. 
And as long as you put in the effort to get more work, like we're going to talk about today, then it's going to be all good. Yeah, yeah I, I love the catch and kill. That's like, yeah, it's my favourite part. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> you like the chase? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good on you, man. All right, I'm going to jump over to one more person. I can do one more person. Good on you, Cameron. Thanks, man. Thanks, mate. All right. So is anyone else? Uh, Karam, you want to talk, mate? Hello. Sweet, how are you? How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. Yeah. Tell me, what's your number one challenge? Uh, yeah, well, actually, two questions. I'm just going to be quick with it. The first one, which is really basically my business, has been running now for nearly two years. So it's a baby. It's not really, you know, kind of uh, been there for long. Yeah. But anyway, well, we did really well last year from. After Jan to the end of the year, we got a few big commercial jobs, about nine of them, just big offices. Cool. Now, after that, the actual went quiet, and you know, for small business, I didn't have time to make more, you know, fun friends, so yeah. I just had to stuck with them. Now, he went quiet, we went quiet. Now, this is where I put another plan B, which is I'm trying to do a SEO company to do my website, trying to rank higher. Uh, the other thing, I'm trying to look for a good lead. It's not just people who just want to do it the cheapest way. Yes. Uh, um, that's the first question. How do I get a good lead or good builders or whatever yep. you know, to get a good work? The second question is, uh, we, we kind of, we, our vision is to do quality work for people. And, it's, you know, with quality work, the price is usually a little bit higher than the others. Yes. Um, I get a lot of people who are saying, oh, yeah, but you look amazing and this and that, but your price is it's a little bit higher or significantly higher or whatever. So yep. what's the best, you know, kind of approach for these situations? Yeah, cool. Good questions, man. So first of all, I just want to ask, did you watch last week's Mastermind? Not last, sorry, not last week, the last session, two weeks ago. Did you watch that one on conversions? Yeah, I think I had it, yeah. Cool. All right, sweet. So I'm just going to pull some stuff out of that so, so it's in context. Um, first question, though, how do you get good leads when you're running slow? So we want to make sure, because we do always go in cycles, and I always talk about this cycle thing, how you, you do put in the effort, you do some of this magic wizard, you put in the effort to do SEO, you do all this effort, then you get so busy you don't do anything. And by the time work slowly peters off again, you've done nothing over that period to get your work again. So there's these ups and downs continuously happening all the time. So what we want to do is at least do something consistently throughout the year because if you don't do something consistently, something's going to budge. So things like SEO, it's going to take probably, to be honest, man, it's going to take years to get ranking highly. So it's not something you can just get up there real quick with. Um, you, unless you're paying for ads. So SEO is going to take time. So set up something where it's continuously being worked on and just hope you've got a good person that's doing that. And then over time, you should rank higher and higher and put in the effort to create your own articles and, and some good uh, content on your website because that all pays off as well. So SEO is slow. Magic Wizard sales method is much faster. Ads are fastest. So it's just a matter of where you're at and how much of an emergency it is. 
So I, I recommend consistently working slowly on SEO, consistently working on the Magic Wizard sales method we're going to talk about today and how do you find them? Well, that's actually our first couple of points that we're going to be talking about. And then have the advertising thing as a backup. So if you can turn that on and off and have it set up so it performs well and all of your website is geared for that, then if you can turn that on when you're slow, it does help a lot. So a lot of people run their whole business at, at a max and we have in the past as well where it's fully pulling in all of the work that we get from advertising and that's one way to do it but then we've got nowhere to go to when we need the extra work. So it is good to be able to turn things on and off. Does that make sense? When it comes to the, the nuts and bolts of it, that's what we're talking about today. So you'll hear me go right into it today about that stuff. Um, as for your second question and being called expensive or more expensive than the other people, it's all about price juxtapositioning. And what I mean by price juxtapositioning is showing and demonstrating to your customer why yours is more valuable than this other person's and not to just look at it for a dollar for dollar sort of thing. And it, it is extremely hard. If, you're work, if you've got a demographic you're trying to get um, work out of and they, all they care about is price, it's gonna be hard for you to go anywhere else than win the job by being cheapest. But when you, when you do find the better people through the Magic Wizard sales method, what we've talked about today, and when we do find um, using, through advertising, uh, demographic targeting, so you can target people in higher income brackets, you can target people who are more in the age group that are gonna have more money, that's the sort of stuff that we wanna be thinking about. Cool? cool. All right, hope that helps, man. And how's that? Did I answer your questions? Apart from the detail we're talking about today? Good on you. Thanks for sharing, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Woo! All right, here we go. Magic with the sales method. This is going to be a two-part two part mastermind. Maybe three, but no, probably two, because it is such a massive topic. So today, guys, what we're going to be talking about today is identifying your target market. How do you know who's a good target market? How do you make sure that we're not getting clients that don't afford the better quality service and people who actually care about getting the job done right. How do we find those is really important. Next thing is how do we locate these people? Like where do we go to to find out where they are? Next thing is how do we create a list so that we can target them and keep following up these people moving forward, moving forward, how do we follow them up? So that's the next step we're gonna be talking about. This might be where we get up to for today, but if we can go to the next one, it's gonna be about cold calling, it's gonna be about email uh, marketing funnels, it's gonna be about uh, the drop-ins and strategic gatherings, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, next one is the follow-ups, so making sure that you're following up effectively through the Magic Wizard sales method. This isn't gonna be something where you, t you do it once and then you get the job or you get the client. If that happens, it's, if you saw my post today about timing, that's pure timing. That's you've walked in at the right time and they're so pissed off with their current contractor that they're ready to jump ship and no one else has got, been in top of mind. So we're gonna talk about how do you be there most of the time throughout the year so that when they are ready, they're like, I just wanna give this guy a go or I just wanna give this girl a go or this team or whatever. So, because they're always there for us and they're always, shouting out, they're always providing us with some form of value 
And so when they're ready, they will come across. And trust me, it's taken me, for some clients, five years before they come across. So, but the thing was, I didn't go away. I stayed front of mind as, for as long as possible. And then after that, we're just going to be talking about nurturing this relationship and making sure from the, from the initial job and the meetings that you have, they say, yep, yeah, we're going to give you a go. Then you go and put out all this information um, and you put in the job, you get your first work order, you go out and do it. And how do we make sure from that work order that they're over the moon with your service and continue to like you through that incubation period because right at the start trust me it is and you probably experienced if you've been in business a couple of years it's really quite um it's very 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 uh volatile because you can't <laughs> make a mistake in that first end of that um so one sec hey man can you get ricky to um not talk so loud it's distracting all right, Ricky's being too loud in the other room. Okay, it's all good. So what we're going to do is jump into step number one, identifying your target market. So write this down, guys, identifying your target market. We talk about target market all the time. People don't usually understand the power of getting the right type of people working for you, all right? And... The, the, the problem here is when you go out and do work for people that aren't prepared to pay for the service, then you're going to really struggle to get them to pay because they're, all they care about is price and when it comes to it, they're not going to be willing to pay you the full dollar that you're worth. So the, the thing is, how do we identify a target market? Well, there's a couple of things that definitely go into your effort and your proactive effort at the front end of finding out what your target market is. First of all, you want to demographics, like I said before, like whether it's a company or a person, the demographics is so important. You need to know that if, is it a high affluent area? Is, if it's a real estate company, is it an affluent real estate? And if it's in that locale, locality of the affluence, so for us it's the western suburbs in Perth, for you eastern states, guys, it's probably eastern suburbs along the ocean or whatever. Those, and you've got all the along the rivers and all that sort of stuff. They're more affluent, right? They're more expensive homes, businesses, everything is more affluent. Uh, when it comes to a commercial industrial, we want to do a bit of groundwork to see what their values are, what sort of company this is, what do they care about, and we want to make sure that we're, when we do target them, when we do approach them and we do say, hey, we can do the work for you, that they're actually going to be the type of customer that we want. Because we've gone in and we've done a heavy hitting marketing campaign where we're like, cool, 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 and sent out all that email stuff. And then we got all this work in, but a lot of them were like, had this cheap, dodgy electrician that did it anyway. As soon as we sent our first invoice in, they complained about it, didn't want to use us anymore, and then they didn't pay us. <laughs> So that's what's going to happen if you don't put in the effort at the front end. So I just want to really emphasise it's really important to put in the effort for research at the start. So like I said, locality, so where it is located, um, the age, if you're looking at private customers, the age of the, the customer, whether it's the business age or it's the age of the person, that's going to have a lot to do with how much wealth they've built up. 
in terms of you know, a business that's been in business for 20 years successfully operating is gonna have a lot more cash than a startup business that's like, hey, I'm starting a new business. You can come out, you can fit it out. They've got no money anyway. They're starting a new business. Unless they've got a lot of investment behind them, it's gonna be hard for them to pay top dollar. They're gonna be cutting costs wherever they can. So just things to be aware of. Is that making sense, everyone? Just nod your head like this if, you, if it is. Yes, nice nods. We're rocking out, it's good. All right, cool. So identifying your target market, that's really important. And I hope if there's any other questions about that, can you just put a point in the chat box or into our messenger group about how to better identify a target market? Um, you got your mastermind guys, we've got video answers. If you haven't seen that already, who's excited about the video uh, answers to the questions? Has that been good for you guys? Yep, enjoying that, cool. If you don't know about it, what you do is just go to your messenger. We've, we've got a new chat group, which is just for you to ask a question direct to me or Kirk, and we will answer your questions with a selfie video. So just we're able to give a bit more context, a bit more um, uh, like what we're doing right now to what your question is. Right, so the next thing is how, once we've identified our target market, what's the next step? What, what are we going to have to do to then find these people rather than just walking around the streets and looking at it all? What's some other ways that we can find quality customers? So if you want to write this down, so locating sites and um, companies, so websites and hashtags in Instagram that are relevant to your target market. So things like this would be associations that share um, the business names of their members. So there's lots of those out there, especially not the higher end ones. I don't think a real estate association would do that because of privacy issues, but other associations, there are ones out there that actually list all of their members. So that's something you might want to consider. Um, the other thing is uh, other businesses that have partnerships and they put them on the website, when you're doing your research, keep an eye open for any partnerships they have because that's going to lead, especially if you end up uh, signing up one of these companies, this is where it gets really exciting, where you've got one company's website that you go to, you see they've got six partners, you hit this one company up with marketing, in your Asana task for your marketing, I'm going to show you how to organise all this later, but if you've got a CRM, or I use Asana for all of our marketing now, because I like to keep everything in one spot. In, when you've got that list, we create sub-partner groups in the task so that you know that these ones are partnered. So say if this website is the one that you got to to start with and they've got six partners that they work with, you send all your marketing material to these guys, but then also all of the six. Because what happens if a situation that we've had before is we targeted this main website, but one of their partners ended up signing up with us. And then after one of the partners signed up with us and started using us, they told all of the other partners and we started getting work from everyone. So that's why that's so important that you keep an eye out. Don't just look at top level. Okay, so that's in terms of businesses and partnerships. Um, I'm gonna have a quick drink. Hashtags, all right, so I'm gonna do a little bit of a teaser into Instagram and how you can use that. Right now for business, it's really powerful for business. And the guys that are coming to 
Bali, and if you haven't, if you don't know about Bali, make sure you give me a call about it or Ricky. Um, in Bali, we're going to be covering all of the advertising um, marketing strategies that I don't share anywhere but our high performance coaching program. So if you want to know about that, come to Bali because it's going to be sick. Um, but something that I want to tell you today because it's part of how can you find some businesses that have good value and can provide you uh, good value clients is using hashtags. So if you can figure out what hashtags that people are tagging, so for instance, electricians, you guys, um, when you tag your Instagram post, do you tag it with like electrician? Just give me a nod. Is anyone tag it with like electrician something? Yeah? So a lot of the business types, you'll find that the business owners will actually target the, their own um, industry. They'll target their own industry. When you're typing electrician, not many people will go out and search for electricians. But people have interest in other things. So we want to find out what's the interest of our target market. And we want to be tagging all of our posts with those interests so that you're showing up as an electrician in their interest groups. Is that making sense for everyone? But what you'll find is that they're the same. They'll tag their own industry. So not only do we want to know their interests, but we want to know their industry so that we can tag those type of people and then you can pick up on uh, those businesses. So one tip, I'm gonna use cafes as an example. So a lot of cafes would have a name like Red's Cafe or Julian's Cafe or something something cafe, right? So their, their name is cafe. They've got cafe in their Instagram handle. They've got cafe as a tag that they're using. So cafe is gonna be some, a word that we can use. So when we're searching these hashtags, we want to have a look at, um, click into the hashtag and have a look at all of the posts that are there in Instagram. Then what you can, and this is a super tip, make sure you're listening, go to the, the post that has a lot of likes. So do you know how it says like, this person, this person, and 112 others or 250 others? Click on 250 others, it's gonna open up everyone that's liked that post. Then at the top, you can actually search the hashtag or the name, so if you write cafe there, it will filter it with all the cafes. Then you can follow them and then you can start to engage with these people. Mega tip right there, mega, mega. Right, so the next thing I want you guys to understand with Instagram is that if you're, if you're flooding your Instagram with friends and other people that aren't relevant to your target audience, you're wasting your effort. We want to make your Instagram an efficient engine for getting these, these target clients. So what we want to do is unfollow everyone. Maybe keep your girlfriend in there or your wife. Um, best friends maybe. Nah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so if you if you don't, just get rid of everyone and just have just your target audience. The reason why, it's better for you to have 30 people that you follow that are like absolute, that would be primo. If I, was their cust if I was their electrician, it's better that you follow those guys and you like every single post and you comment on every single post that they do if they're active on Instagram, right? Because it's so easy then your feed is just the people that you're trying to get work from and maintain. So obviously you have your customers in there as well, if they're businesses. So that way you can 
start to nurture these people's relationships, they're following you because you're probably one of the only people that actually gives them a genuine comment, whereas everyone else is like, nice shirt. And it's like, it's not a picture of a shirt. You know, those sort of comments that you get under your thing. Hey, uh, I can help you grow your Instagram page. Hit me up. So you're actually going to give a genuine comment which is related to the post. So does that make sense to everyone? Hands up. Yes, good hands. Oh, wow, spectacular hands thing. All right, cool. Now, I'm going to jump in with some Q&A right now because I know this is a big topic. <clears throat> so has anyone got any questions right now? Hands up. Wow, have I been that, that good at explaining it? It's all good? <laughs> Thumbs up. Hands up if anyone, just last chance. And we're moving on. Cool. Sweet. All right, guys, we're moving on. We're moving on. Once I find my view, back. Okay, cool. All right. So, just to recap. So, we've identified our target market. Now we know who we're targeting. It's, that's the first step. If we don't know who we're targeting, we're going to waste so much time, so much money, so much effort, so much everything um, in trying to get customers that are probably going to cause you a lot of pain and frustration. So if you're living in a low affluent area, I recommend that you drive the distance to get to a high affluent area and try and get all of your work in a higher affluent area because it's just going to be a better story for you. Um, Affluence isn't a measure of how good or bad you are, it's just, it's just a situation that people are in. And when they don't have money to spend, they don't want to spend money. So, you know, that's just something we've got to consider when we're running businesses. We want to work for people that have money, can afford quality, and they actually care about quality, and are in a position where they, they you know, they're, not, they're wealthy enough that they're not going to complain about a bill. Um, so, the next, next step was, locating sites, associations, so you can go to associate and find that. And there's also um, other places like realestate.com.au or whatever will list property managers. You can go there and you can find that. So once we've located websites or uh, we've, we've gone through and found hashtags, the next step is creating a list. So the list for Instagram is what I just talked about. The list is you delete all of your friends and your family and all of that for your business. Have a personal Instagram for that. Keep it separate. For your business one, we want just business prospective clients, just the real good ones you want to work for. And that's your list. That's the people that you're targeting. That's your reminder that you've got to follow them up about that. That's your inside scoop for when you call them up and say, hey, I've just seen you've been doing this, this, and this. How good is that? I would love to know more. Let's catch up for coffee. We're going to talk about that later, about the call, the cold call. So once we've done that, um, we're going to move into creating and curating a list. Now, instead of you doing it all of yourself, which you can do if you want, if you've got the time, which I'm sure everyone doesn't, we can use a third party to create a list for us. And what I recommend in the course on the academy, so the Magic Wizard Sales Method course, is using Upwork to create a list. So what you do is you direct this person to go to this website and pull the, the name, the phone number, the address. What we do want to have is the postcode because we, when we get this in the Excel spreadsheet, we want to organize this by postcode. 
So when we do the drop-ins we're going to talk about later, we can organ you might get a job in, let's just say, what, Sydney City. So it's 2,000. Uh, the post goes 2,000, I think. So you might uh, be in the city, so you go, all right, in 2000, what's all of the surrounding postcodes? So 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. You've got all your businesses close and postcode groups them by the suburbs surrounding the other suburb. You might even want to do all of your 2000 businesses by postcode or whatever. So I hope that makes sense. We want to make sure we've got our postcode, email, phone number, name of the person. Because if we can get direct contact names of people is so much better than companies because it cuts out a whole section of cold calling that we have to do to, to try and find out the decision maker's name. So people like to, <coughs> excuse me, people like to put uh, their, their position and their, their name and their position on their website and their team under the team thing. So use that to your advantage and just take, go straight for the, the decision maker. So in a company, let's just take a facility management company for instance, you're generally not going to find the director is going to be the decision maker, it's going to be the facility manager or the senior facility manager and that's what you want to be looking at and who you're targeting. So then you see the name, you try and find them on Instagram, you follow them there, you follow the company, you just do everything you can that we're going to talk about, uh, making sure that you're nurturing that relationship once you've made that first connection. So what you'll notice today in this course, in this uh, session, mastermind session, is we're talking a little bit about Instagram as well. You won't find that in the actual course on the, on the thing. So take note about any Instagram points that I'm making today. Cool. All right. So what we're going to do, like I was saying, go to Upwork, request a data scraper. A data scraper is someone that goes into a website and they scrape the information off it. So that's going to give you names, company name, positions, phone numbers, emails, postcode, suburb, street name, all that sort of stuff. So they'll go through and they'll go through these websites and they'll find this stuff. Um, if you've got, one thing I didn't say of locating these target audiences is keep using keywords. So for instance, if we're using a demographic of Sydney again, let's say Sydney, um, and we, we go to something like yellow pages and we write Sydney cafes, then all of the cafes in Sydney will show up on yellow pages and they can scrape the information from there. I think, I think yellow pages has actually got some form of filtering tool now, but just have a look, do the research yourself and go in and, but that's just an example of what you can do. True Local, all those other sites, just giving you some ex examples of what you need to go and check out. Right, so once you've done that, you're looking at, price-wise, I saw a question come in, what, what are you sort of looking at to pay? So if you get the right person, you can find someone in um, Pakistan or India or Philippines, they'll probably do a scrape of around 1,000 contacts for around two to $400. So that's pretty good if you've got that many leads that you can hit up. So it saves you a lot of effort. But if you know who you're targeting and you know there's 30 companies that you just want to get in this really specific area, it's probably going to be better that you just do it yourself and you create each line item of the people you want to target with a photo of their logo, drop it into Asana, um, put in all of their contact information, 
If you have upgraded to the paid version of Asana, create custom fields for where they are located in the funnel. So in the funnel you might have um, not, not, not actioned yet, then you might want to have first call made, you want to make first email made, follow up phone call made, one month follow, follow up phone call made, six month follow up phone call made, and it's a funnel that you can just select where they're up to. And that filters all of that stuff out on Asana. What we'll do is I'll set up a, a demo for next session and I'll show you how to lay out your Asana with the funnel and you can see exactly what that looks like. So I know it's hard just me talking about it. So, um, but yeah, just depending on what you're trying to hit up, remember this is gonna be a slow process. So you look in between, if you get lucky, you might walk in and get the job straight away and get work orders starting to send to you straight away. That's pure luck. That means that they're not happy with the current electrician, they're ready to jump and then they'll come straight over to you. The other ones are gonna take between a month to a year, probably, and then the other ones, and there's gonna be some definite no's because just like if you have a girlfriend, if you're a faithful person, you're not gonna go and date other uh, people. And that's what a lot of people have in that loyal relationship with their electrician unless they're in a position where they need three quotes and stuff like that. So just be aware of that. If, they, if you go in and they say, you know, I've already got an electrician, I don't want your service. It's not that they don't like you. It's not that they don't like your business. It's just that they're in a situation where they already have a relationship and they're not willing to break or be unfaithful to that relationship. Right, so um, some extra points. Uh, before I go into extra points, hands up who has any questions so far. What questions do you have? Surely there's some questions. Who's, who's created a list already? Yeah, good on you, Angus. Yeah, Paul, cool. So I might just jump in and have a chat to Paul about the, your uh, experience with creating a list. Are you there? Yeah, I do. Good, man. Thanks for joining us. That's okay. Um, yeah, so I use work to um, get the VA to um, pull in a list um, of real estate agents in the area. Um, I only want specific ones that were very close in certain postcodes. Um, yeah, they got some decent contacts on there. So what I'll do with it next. I've not done anything with it yet, but I've got them there. And, they're ready to go. Okay, have you organised them into postcode yet in Asana or any form of CRM? Um, not into Asana. I've got them on just on a spreadsheet. Okay. And I've got my postcode and email addresses and any of the contact details I've managed to find. Cool. All right, so are you paying for the premium service of Asana? Yeah. Cool. So what you can do is create custom fields called postcode. Uh, post you want a custom field to be postcode. The next one will be a funnel position. So where, where are they in the funnel, like I just talked about before? And then you can have another one for um, receptiveness or how likely you feel this, this um, sale is going. How good is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. You might want to use something like smiley faces, you know, extreme smiley face, little line smiley face, flat mouth yeah. smiley face, frowny smiley face, vomit smiley face, for those ones yeah. that are just terrible. It's kind of getting my head around 
the sales funnel idea and that kind of concept. That's something kind of probably fairly new to me. Yeah. Just terminology of old ways of doing it, but yeah, I need to get my head around that a little bit better. Yeah, cool. No, that's all right. So next session, I'll set up like a demo. But what, what I was about to say though, once you've set up your custom fields, you create a project especially for your marketing, then you import the CSV file for your Excel spreadsheet file, and you make those columns, postcode column, one of the custom fields, then you have, like you won't need to worry about anything else really except for the, the other ones you can fill in as you go. So then what you can do is you can organize it by postcode and it will split out all of these. Um, but yeah, it's probably, probably better we just talk about it next week. But if you have a go this week at putting it in, at least you can see how yours matches up with my demo next week. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. All right. Sweet. Thanks for sharing with, uh, with us, Paul. And I'll just have a quick chat to Angus as well. How's it going, Angus? Good yourself. Yeah, going well. Thanks. So tell us about your list. How did you go about curating your one? So I pretty much did mine straight on Excel. Um, it started with the purchase of my own property, and so I ended up developing a pretty good relationship with the real estate agent. Yep. Uh, he found out that I was an electrician, and so that just led from there, and I thought, well, the amount of value that he gave me when I was purchasing my house um, it was just phenomenal. Like he came to my daughter's birthday party, so yeah, right. We ended up having a relationship with that, and so I just started getting a bit of work out of him. And I sort of thought, well, he works for this real estate agent, so I might try and target a similar sort of person in another real estate agent. And so just jumping on Facebook, looking at different real estate sites, who's you know um, got the most sales in the area, who's the most respected sort of thing. Started jumping on there. Um, personal sales page, following them, and that's built from there. Yeah, awesome. That was just my way of getting it done, so there's five of them on the list, um, and they range from like the town that I live in to probably the furthest one's an hour and a half away. Yep. And so whenever they ring me and I'll say, like, oh, guy that's just bought the house is looking to get all the halogen downlights place is going to give you a call. I know that that client's not going to stuff me around. It's pretty much a job in the bag. And so when I get all the client details, it's a case of just sending it straight through the job on. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. I th if I was in a small country town, man, what I'd be doing is walking around to all of the shops, walking into the shop, uh, talking to the person there and being um, really appreciating their store, saying, yeah. you know, lovely store, uh, it's awesome, this is this, my wife would love this, da-da-da. Hey, do you have an Instagram? If it's a really girly shop, for instance, you want to say, my wife would really love this stuff, do you have an Instagram handle that I can follow? Um, then go to the next store, which is like a hardware shop, and you talk to the guy and say, this is awesome, we really need this, buy a, you know, buy a hammer. Say, hey, do you have an Instagram handle I can follow? So it's just a matter of, I think in a small country town, it is a lot with the face-to-face -face sort of situation. So the drop-in is really powerful, and we're going to talk about that next week. Um, but uh, if you're doing it in large scale, large scale, we're going to need more contacts because we, we need to efficiently pump through them uh, quite quickly to, to, to weed out who's, who's in a position to even talk to us, who ha already has a relationship um, and who would be sort of on the fence and we sort of we set up a funnel around that of where they're at. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing.
Thanks, Mark. All right, guys. Now, we will have enough time to move to the call calling, email funnel, and offering something free. That's, that's my next step. So, what we're going to do now is once we've got our list, so go through whether you've handmade it and got someone from Upwork to go through and actually create a list for you. What we want to do now is we want to start working on our list. So we want to start working through calling these people, making contact with these people, messaging these people in different modalities. So what we mean by modalities is whether it's a phone call, an email, a text message, a drop-in, um, or you're catching up with them at a social event because you know um, they go to a certain networking group or they go to, uh, don't want to be too stories, but you just you find out where they go to in terms of professional settings and then you go and engage in those settings as well because you can meet these people there. So once we've got all of that sorted, then what we want to do is start to uh, work our way through our list in different modalities. So the call call, <laughs> oh my God, if you haven't done a call, who's done cold calling so far? Who's actually called? Yeah, keep your hand up if you weren't nervous. Whoa, Wayne, all right, cool. I want to talk to Wayne. Wayne, how's it going, man? Good by yourself. Good. So what did you do to prep yourself to not be nervous about cold calling? Because I know I was. I was doing push-ups and jumpies and <laughs> I was freaking out. So I've done a few and was shitting myself on the first few and then I realised that shutting, getting shut down was probably just part of how it was going to happen. So I just didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, okay, cool. But you were nervous when you started? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that was what I was getting at. Man, it's so, <laughs> so nerve-wracking when you first do it. <laughs> I'm still not much good at it, I don't think, because I haven't really succeeded in it, but I kind of just, I guess I go into the into the call with the perception that I'm going to get shut down if I don't. Yeah, cool. All right. So hopefully what I'm about to talk about is going to help, man. So I'll, I'm just going to jump jump back and then um, talk about this. So what what we're going to do with your call call, so we want to be, obviously we're interrupting someone's day with a call call. It's annoying, so we want to be nice and sh short and sharp, and we want to come across with a point of difference right from the very beginning. So whether it's you, and I, I like to assume this is going to go bad. So assume you're not going to get anything from the first phone call that you do. So when you've got an understanding of like, I'm not expecting to get any work off the back end of this first phone call. It is. It does feel a lot more comfortable that they are standoffish and they they sort of push you away sometimes. But there are some polite people and they actually do take the time to talk to you. And you get a bit overexcited because they're like, that sounds like a real success. I've got that one. They're going to send me some work and they never do and you feel real bad. <laughs> so these are all the things that happen when you do call calling. So what we want to remember is in the first phone call, it's, it's literally about making contact with the person. So it's the first time they ever hear your voice. It's the first time they ever hear your energy and feel your energy over the phone. It's the first time they've ever heard of your business probably, unless you do crazy parodies on Facebook. So there's just different things that you need to be aware of when you're calling someone that's gonna make you feel a bit more comfortable about 
perceived failure around um, the cold call. So the cold call is, is absolutely nerve-wracking. So if you haven't done it yet and you feel nervous about it, that's natural. You're not weird in any way. It is freakishly scary. It's like public speaking. It's a, there's a real fear of failure coming here. But the other thing is they, they get so many phone calls that they're probably not going to remember you anyway. So don't take it personally when, it, when it's a bit rude or, or anything like that. I don't want you to get put off if the first three phone calls you make are really negative and they, they're you know, standoffish and they don't give you time. So just be straight away, just be aware that you know, this, you, they're, not, they're missing out. They're, they're not in a position or they're not in a position to um, take me on right now and that's okay. And you've got to be okay with that. When you do call the right person and they're an understanding person and they're patient and they'll listen to you and you know, um, you've also got to respect their time as well and you don't want to babble on about stuff, which is also hard not to do when you're nervous. So what we want to do is make it short, sharp and succinct. Sh write that down. Short, sharp and succinct. So we want, to, we want to be so quick and get the information out of them as quick as possible that it feels like, oh, oh, that was like a blip. That was like looking at my phone and then a message being told to me. So what we want to do from the very start is um, just depending on the client as well, we just want to... Do, we just want to get some form of information from them. First of all, we want to find out who the decision maker is and if it's already, uh, you already know because it's, it's listed on their website or whatever, then that's even better. But if you're calling the, and if you've gone through the courses and you're calling the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper is the person that's on reception and their job is to block you from getting to them, the decision maker. So you want to make sure that we've got some form of strategy that we can get back to that person. So we'll quickly cover that as well. Um, so when we're making the first phone call, what we do want to do is say, uh, hey, Jackie, just calling uh, because it's Greg from the Response Electricians and I just wanted to call to see if I could send through uh, some information about my company to Jonathan or whoever you think the decision maker is if you find it on their website. If they don't say any indication of who it is, that's fine, we just leave it there. They'll usually say, send it through. yeah, send it through um, because they know they're not gonna look at it anyway and that's fine as well because it's in the follow-up that matters. So you, you make the phone call, they'll say, yep, send it through. Um, especially if you're delivering it with a lot of energy and uh, happiness and you're being polite and all that sort of stuff, that really matters. So make sure your tone is correct you're standing up. Standing up really helps when you're making cold calls. Um, even if you're walking around a little bit, just moving around because that's going to help. It's going to help your energy push through the phone. <clears throat> big, big tip, big tip right now. Smile when you're talking on the phone. It actually comes through in your voice. Make sure you're smiling. It's, it's going to help with the nerves as well, but smiling is really important that you're doing that on the phone. So answer the phone like, you know, hey Jenny, really nice to uh, talk to you today. I was just wondering if I could send through some information about my electrical contracting business. Uh, we've been in business for da 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 da, and we did da da, and we'd really love to work for you. Like really short and sharp. She'll say, "Yep, send it through," and say, "Who should I send that to?" And they'll say, "Send it to Jackie, or send it, just send it to me, or send it to reception, or 
you know, whatever it is, or send it to Bob, he's the uh, person in charge of that section. So what we're trying to get here is information. So first of all, we want to get a decision maker's name. If we can get the name of the decision maker, the second phone call is really easy because we call up that same person hey, a week later and we say, hey, Jackie, no, uh, how you been? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. How did you go doing that, that and that? Yep, uh, I was just wondering if I could speak to Bob. Like, see how it's a really natural conversation? Um, and they'll go, yeah, I'll put you, put you through. And it just sounded like you've always known Bob. That's how we want to sound in that second phone call. So once we've got the name of the decision maker, we also want to get the email address. That's, if we've got the name of the decision maker and the email address with whatever tactic you come up with to get that, then that's so much more likely you're going to get the work than if they've just given you no name and just the reception's email. So we want to do a little bit of groundwork in finding out who the decision maker is. So we want to go to LinkedIn, we want to go to Instagram, we want to see any posts that talk about, you know, hey Bob, our you know, head of facility management won his first game of golf today. You know, and he's like, sweet, Bob's the man. Bob's who I'm gonna call. What's Bob's number? I'm gonna find out about Bob. Do you see why it's so important right at the start that we're, we're putting in the effort to find out who this peop these people are? Because if you're cold calling just from nothing, you haven't even done any research on the business, the likelihood you're gonna get told, like if someone called response electricians and the likelihood they'll get told Greg Allen is the owner of the business, is zero. They're not going to get through Maria or any of my stuff. They're not going to find out my name and they're not going to find out my, my email or my phone number. So <clears throat> just remember that. But if they went to my profile page and business page and then they went through and they would see my name posted there, then, you know, you, you get the point. You understand, right? So making the effort to find out who the decision maker is is really important. Then we want to follow up with, from the phone call, with a follow up, so we send an email, and then we want to follow up with a follow up phone call and get through the gatekeeper to the decision maker. Now, the, we've got to also understand no one's read your email, probably. 95% of the time, no one will read your email. So don't feel offended when no one reads your email. So what we want to do, the point is, is when you talk to Bob, you say, hey, Bob, just following up the email, did you get a chance to read it? He feels bad that he didn't read it. He's like, oh, I got it, yeah, but I didn't read it. It's like, no problem, I'll fill you in with what it's all about now. Blah, 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 blah. So you go into it then. And what I'm gonna have to do right now is cut this off like a cliffhanger of an exciting TV show, and we're gonna come back with more ammunition, I want to, because the reason is I want to show you the funnel. I want to show you Asana. I want to set it all up for you so I can show you how we go through this process next week. So next week, just to recap guys, and my flip chart that we've got my notes on is like just over my computer, and that's why I'm on my tippy toes. But the next week, and this is why we've got to get excited, we're going to be talking about our email funnel. We're going to be talking about offering something for free. What's something that you can do that provides these people with value before they give you any work. We want to provide so much value to these people, whether it's just through liking their posts, commenting, making them feel good, that's all, that all included in value, or whether it's going out and doing a free check or $200 off their first job or a free first job or whatever it is. You want them to experience and start to use you. You just want the ball rolling. 
the academy as a seven day free trial because we know people will come in and, and experience the value here. Same with you, if you can give them a free trial, you can get a long term value of that. And then they can experience your, your value of your business, which is good. I know you guys are here because you're, you believe in quality and you believe in improving you and your business. So I, I believe in you guys, all right? So the, the next things we're gonna talk about is how to really maximize the drop-in strategy. So that's when you're talking to them on the phone. We're using different modalities. We're gonna be talking about, hey, uh, I'm in the area. I was just seeing if you were available today uh, in the next hour for me to drop in. And they'll go, yeah, just drop in, and then you drop in, right? So that happens after you've made the first phone call. We've made some form of relationship with them, so we can just drop in on them. Uh, if they say no to that, we, we've got a follow-up. I'll show you that as well. That's all going to be in the funnel in Asana. Um, the other things is how do we maximize the value of our follow-ups, and how do we make it so it's not becoming annoying to the customer, to the prospective customer? Because if you're phoning them all the time, you must have had someone that keeps phoning you that just phones and only phones, and you just stop answering the phone call, yeah? Uh, if you get the same email from the same person, it's just email and you get no other communication, it gets annoying. So we want to provide value in different formats. So, um, and then we're going to talk about the meeting. Um, the meeting is all about when you do get them to get you out, whether it's a drop-in, or whether it's a formalized meeting where you come out and discuss your services. And finally, the onboarding of the customer, where we onboard and make sure that we impress them so much that they can't believe they didn't use you 10 years ago, but you've only been in business a year. But I hope that all makes sense, guys, and you're all excited about that. What I'm excited about is the breakout rooms, so make sure you stick around, guys. We're gonna split off into pairs, and this is where any questions that you've got, I want you guys to talk about it, introduce yourself to your partner, have a good chat to them. Um, it's an opportunity to share your challenges and to open up as contractors and